Hello, welcome to the inaugural episode of Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes and some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Chris. I'm Brittany. So yeah, this is the first episode of this new podcast. This is not our first podcast. So we had had a podcast about the Japanese reality television show Terrace House called Terrace House Talks, which was a lot of fun to do. It was. It was um, great. That was our first podcast. So we were yeah. both very much learning the ropes and, and getting into the swing of things there. And so uh, once Terrace House Aloha State ended, we decided that we wanted to come up with a new kind of podcast style and kind of broaden our horizons. About other things that we enjoy. Things like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, like they speak to us in a lot of ways and mm-hmm. we just love nerding out about them. And so yeah. we tend to have very intense conversations about these properties as we're mm-hmm. watching or reading them or just when it comes to mind because we know them so when well. we're having dinner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we we thought that that would be a fun way of discussing this and to kind of focus our discussions on it. We really wanted to look at each week a different property with a different theme and really kind of look to see where we find that theme inside of it and maybe some places where we don't exactly see it inside of it. And so that's kind of the the guiding force behind this. We have a kind of general outline of what we want to go through for each week, but this is a still a new thing. So I think we may be changing things as we go and just, just seeing how, how things work. And of course, we always would love to hear any feedback from our audience as we go. But with that, just a kind of basic intro to who we are and and what we're planning on here let's let's get started with our our first topic sounds good and so this week we are going to look at star wars through the lens of hope and that may sound pretty basic but we wanted to start with something very accessible because not everybody knows every property that we'll we'll look at and moving forward we'll actually pair them randomly with with a theme and we've come up with a list of themes that we are interested in in general yes um the first couple weeks we have them prepared just because we want to make sure that we have a kind of front-loaded list of things that will help us get into it too because Mm -hmm. we haven't exactly gone through this process specifically and that was part of the point too that we wanted to do a podcast that would help us delve into these things that we already love even deeper. Absolutely. And so I'm really looking forward to when it starts being randomized. So I think Mm -hmm. our first three or four weeks, we're going to have ones that we decided together, things Mm -hmm. that might go really well together as a property and a theme. But I am excited to see when they may start getting a little little weird. And and actually, once we get to that point, we're going to start randomizing it as we are recording so you can mm-hmm. get our first reactions to what that uh, that new theme will be which i think is exciting he smiles really big i do yeah i think i think it's a really cool <laughs> no, fun it is. thing it's fun. Um, so let's let's get started with star wars and hope and so yeah as you mentioned it's kind of a a very obvious one you know the first movie was called a new hope and mm-hmm. it, i think that is hopefully going to be helpful to us as we move into this. Pun new, intended. Very much so. Will be helpful to us as we move into this new format, but also will be accessible to some of our, our new listeners or, or mm-hmm. any of our new listeners, because just all yeah. of our listeners. Because... But also challenging ourselves to find it in ways that aren't obvious. Very true. Yeah. And yeah. so through a lot of this, we haven't, uh, even though we've we've kind of assigned different sections. general sections yeah. of who will cover what. As a whole, we haven't discussed these things yet or even mm-hmm. told each other what we'll be discussing yet. So a lot of that will happen here on on mic. Yeah, for so, better or worse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we want to start our each discussion with a quote or a passage from 
um, whatever that property is that really kind of exemplifies this this to us. And this is something that we do work on together. And so the quote that we decided to come here is dialogue from uh, Rogue One between Jin Erso and Turnapalo. Pamela, you're asking us to invade an Imperial installation based on nothing but hope? Rebellions are built on hope. Yes, very well. Very good. Good job. Oh, I think, thank you. I, th I think we, we knocked that one out of the park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's our quote. And yeah, I think I think Rogue One's is particularly interesting when it comes mm -hmm. to this one because it was built as specifically a prequel and lead into A New Hope. And mm -hmm. so much of the dialogue and imagery in it is related to the ideas of hope, mm -hmm. which I, I really think is, is interesting. It's very interesting, but it's also kind of intense because you know that their mission even though the the goal of the mission happens mm -hmm. all of the people in the mission are doomed so it's it's very interesting yeah yeah the other quote i was thinking of at this for this was uh when jin says you know we're just going to keep having to go step by step by step until mm -hmm. we can't anymore or we win you know yeah and mm -hmm. or I think it's like until we win or we run out of chances. Yeah. And like mm -hmm. it's very much like we have this hope, but we also are entirely recognizing that this is not necessarily mm -hmm. going to work. And and I think the that that, that movie actually de delves into that theme really well, um, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. But let's move on to our general discussion because Rogue One could be its own thing. Oh, but, um, completely. <laughs> uh, I, I want to stick to kind of our, our, our script as we're going. So yeah. the next section that we want to go over is one of us is going to bring an element of a plot that happens in this property and where we see uh, this theme in it. So you were bringing our plot this time. So where did yeah. you see hope in the plot of Star Wars? I decided to go with The Last Jedi, mm. actually. And by the way... If you, if you haven't seen the entirety of these properties, we are just going to have spoilers everywhere. So, you've been alerted. Yeah, good, thank um. <laughs> you. Yeah, very true. <laughs> so, what I was thinking of was actually on Canto Bite. Mm -hmm. Because I know a lot of people didn't necessarily like this part of the movie, and there was a lot of criticisms. But I actually found it very fascinating. I liked seeing this other aspect of oppression and exploitation that happens in just a different way than the traditional kind of dictatorship and like military overlords mm. of the empire. Here you saw it in just a very economic way rather than a like military power way. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was really exemplified hope when they ended up freeing all of those um the herd of fathiers mm -hmm. and it's just this little thing you don't see it's it's minor uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to the the overarching plot but i think that's when you start to see this and you see these kids see these creatures being freed and these creatures aren't what you're thinking of as being the most oppressed in the galaxy right but to see that this was important even though it was small hmm. and even though it didn't have weight for the trajectory of the plot you see these kids be inspired by it and then later at the end of at the end of the film you see this one kid who was able to a uh, finn gave the ring to that has that secret mm -hmm. um rebel rose alliance. gave it to him oh i thought it was finn no I don't it was know. rose's ring oh, it was her ring yeah I'm almost positive it was Rose's ring. Oh, we'll look that up later. Anyways, 
the ring was given to this boy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and then you see at the end of the film mm-hmm. him you know he's not only did he care about the like not only did was he inspired with hope through that ring and through seeing these creatures freed and then what that could mean maybe for his own freedom since he's basically a slave mm-hmm. boy but that he's force sensitive too mm-hmm. that you see at the end and then it just makes you think like what could this character do in the future yeah i think that that definitely was the ending note that they're really trying to hit there was that like mm-hmm. ro- hope had been reignited in the galaxy mm-hmm. and this boy was the evidence of that and i think that you brought up that really interesting idea of economic oppression which star wars has never mm-hmm. really tackled before yeah it has been so entirely military you know which mm-hmm. which can be uh, simpler at times but i think that and, and more accessible but i think that the economic side is very interesting i think that while i didn't love the the part on canto bite because i felt like it took away from the plot like it felt mm-hmm. like everything was more frantic and less focused I definitely can get a lot of those really interesting things. And I think he actually mm-hmm. even brought even more of that into a light for me. I, for me, I always loved how Rose challenged Finn to be like, where do you think these people are getting their money? You oh, know? absolutely. And, yeah. and that I think was, was, was pretty great. But I like that, that looking at hope there. Good job. Yeah. yeah thank you. <laughs> okay. So uh, we'll move on to the next part where we're going to look at the way that we see this theme through a character in the series. And so I was assigned to this and I'm bringing in Obi-Wan Kenobi as a character who I think has some really interesting interactions with Hope through the series, both mm-hmm. in the prequels and the the original trilogy, because, you know, in the original trilogy, he's the one who says that boy's our last hope, you know, mm-hmm. about Luke. And especially considering that he was had been on Tatooine to watch over Luke for 18 years. For me, I can only imagine the amount of hope that was required for him to be able to just live there and not be participating in galactic warfare, you know, not Mm -hmm. being a rebel, not doing anything but watching over this boy. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the hope he has in Luke, I think, is so interesting. And so, Mm -hmm. like, it must be so powerful for him. And that's something that you wouldn't necessarily have seen in the original trilogy because it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. But that's one of the things I think that the prequels kind of do help to, to build because the end of episode three where he is is breaking down. And I think one of Ewan McGregor's best performances of the entire prequels is him saying, like, you know, to Anakin, like, you were supposed to be the promised one, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you were supposed to save the universe, not bring it into darkness. And I could just feel the crushingness of that. Like, I can feel him losing hope in mm-hmm. this person who he had so much faith and hope in. And I think that I, my headcanon of that is that, you know, he, he lost this hope in who was supposed to be the savior of the galaxy, this person that he trusted and believed in. And then he didn't, instead of giving up, he instilled his hope in something new in the children and especially one child, <laughs> the male child, unfortunately, but one Always child. Always seems to be. <laughs> of, uh, of Anakin and, you know, thought that he was going to devote the rest of his life into ensuring that Luke could fulfill that hope. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a really kind of interesting, powerful way that I saw hope that wasn't exactly specifically textual, but I mm-hmm. think can be really easily seen. But then, of course, I also love Yoda challenging him and being like, oh, no, there's another. Like, yeah. we, we have someone else We're around. still good. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> someone who really, they 
probably would have been better banking on to begin with. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she also had a lot of stuff she was doing. Oh, yeah, for Luke sure. Luke was just dusting crops. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it's interesting to to look at Obi Wan that way. And something that's kind of fascinating that just came to me right now when you were talking was that it seems like his sense of hope by the time we get to a new hope mm. is so strong because he doesn't even seem to have any fear or doubt mm. that Luke would turn to the dark side. It's here, let me give you Darth Vader's lightsaber, you know? And yeah. and it's just really well, I mean, technically Anakin's lightsaber, but still, whatever, you know. No, that's and, a really interesting point. Yeah. Cuz Alec McGuinness does such a great job of having almost an aloofness, you know? Mm-hmm. Like even as he's seeing Leia's message, like he never is like it's time. It's time to fight the empire, you know? Yeah. It's more just like, well, it's, you know, I'm going to train you to be a Jedi Knight and we're going to, you know, fight. And like, I definitely could read in there like a hope that is so sure that mm-hmm. he doesn't have to worry, you know. And you can mm-hmm. even look at that in his death. He's yeah. so sure. Mm-hmm. And imagine the amount of hope that he must have to be able to see that. I'll still be able to help this boy train and, and visit him and give him advice and things like that. And from someone who is so much so central to the fall of the galaxy mm-hmm. to maintain that hope and not be hopeless not to mm-hmm. be you know completely jaded and think that there is no hope but to ent- still have that i think is really powerful and really great and you mm-hmm. can see more into Al- alginus's performance than even he probably initially intended well and it's really interesting if you contrast obi-wan with Yoda mm-hmm. because Yoda is much more cynical when when Luke gets to Dagobah he doesn't even want to train him yeah no that's a really interesting comparison because yeah. you're absolutely right Obi-Wan's the one who sends him there in the first place and mm-hmm. then has to convince Yoda to train him you know yeah that's, yeah, yeah 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 that's actually really great <laughs> I enjoy that you're welcome <laughs> uh so shall we move on to the next part sounds good okay so our next uh segment that we wanted to do was you know after we kind of have a brief have an overview of plots and characters that deal with this theme to kind of actually bring in compelling questions to challenge each other to dive into this theme a little a little more intensely so I can go first go for um, it. my compelling question is also actually about the last Jedi because they mention how Leia sends out this message thinking that people are going to come save them Mm -hmm. um, near the end of the movie and no one comes. And to me, that message is that hope has been lost in the galaxy. And so for you, do you think that the hope that is no longer there in the galaxy is that the fact that there isn't that that hope is lost derives from fear of the First Order or a complacency brought about by the peace of the New Republic? I think I would say that it would depend what planet you're on Mm -hmm. and who you are, right? Because some communities are super oppressed by the First Order. Other ones probably are fine. Mm -hmm. Other ones, obviously, as we saw, are making money off of it. Mm -hmm. So I I think that it would depend, I think... Also, I wonder if part of it would be that a loss of hope, not just that the First Order could be overthrown, but a loss of hope in the rebellion. Hmm. 
maybe that the rebellion has failed. Yeah, I mean, the the New Republic (laughs) was destroyed probably only days prior. And Mm -hmm. so I could definitely see that as... Yeah, it's just like, well, I don't know that they're really going to be able to do anything. Mm -hmm. Or we can go save them. But if they need saving this badly, then what does that mean for the rebellion? And what does that mean? You know, so I just, yeah, I kind of wonder. Yeah, me too. I feel like for me, I feel like they're they're must be some sort of complacency because like the resistance is so small yeah the resistance is backed by the senate but is so small comparatively to the galaxy even to the rebellion in the first but is it backed by the entire senate no it's it's underhandedly backed by the senate and Mm -hmm. so it's like funded through them but it's not an official part of the 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 new republic Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's this small band again that doesn't have the and so for me it's like especially before the destruction of, of the Republic, of the, of the new Senate, was most of the universe really not caring about the First Order? Like, were they mm-hmm. complacent? Were they not worried about this? And was this not something they felt they had to worry about? And so mm-hmm. considering Episode 8 seems like it happens only a few days or a week or so after mm-hmm. Episode 7, like, mm-hmm. either they're still complacent or maybe, like, they were so complacent that they, were un- they would be completely unable to muster forces by the time that yeah. you know within a week or whatever it might well, be. I mean, and I think that's part of it. Like, if you haven't needed to fight for a long time, then just the sheer organization that would have to take place to do anything to get there with forces with people who are trained mm-hmm. <laughs> to have resources already available. Yeah, I think I think it is a lot to ask. And yeah, you see like like in the Force Awakens, some of the places that they went to obviously weren't doing very well and other ones were doing fine. And so it it seemed like a lot of people just went back to their normal lives after uh, the destruction of the empire. And so do you, do you see a message at all there or something that even you could find and or relate to to life outside of of the property of privilege or complacency mm-hmm. having an effect where you lose hope because you don't need it? Hmm. Yeah, I I wonder I wonder when when people aren't fighting for survival or against oppression or any of these things because it's not necessarily in an obvious way affecting their lives. Mm-hmm. I wonder if hope would be lost or they just hope in smaller things mm. or less significant things. So instead of hoping in an eventual change where there isn't so much social injustice... They're hoping that they get a raise or they're hoping Mm. that their wedding turns out well or, you know, whatever it is where it it just brings hope down to this very individual level rather than a huge societal or even, you know, cosmic level. So that would be more my guess. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) Well, you got a question for me? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Suppose. Okay, so... Do you think the difference between Han and Leia's response to Kylo turning to the dark side has any reflection on their sense of hope? Ooh, I like that. I could see that. I think in particular, I could really see Han losing Kylo and then having Luke disappear, Mm -hmm. make him lose hope entirely, Mm -hmm. and make him recede to what he was before. Because... 
I can see him feeling like a failure and feeling like one of the people that he could always rely on leaving in that way. Unfortunately, I do love Han and Leia. I ship it totally. (laughs) But I don't know how much I think Han respects Leia. Like, I don't know if I would see Leia as Han's hero. But I could see Luke as Han's hero. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I don't know. Just kind of the the way that I, I, I perceive the character. But either way, I think that I could see that Han losing Ben and Luke, leaving him to ho- leading him to hopelessness, whereas Leia, I think, would retain hope to the end. Mm-hmm. I think that is one of the things that's powerful about Leia, is that she does always have hope. That's mm-hmm. why she's the perfect leader of the Resistance, because mm-hmm. she is someone who just will constantly fight and always push for the brighter future that she knows must be ahead and and i really respect that about her but yeah i think that's that's an interesting way of looking at that and they don't do a lot about this in the movie it's very subtle what they do but i think that bringing han back to like his smuggling it like brings it back to this kind of like fun nostalgia as you're watching Mm -hmm. but it has a really dark undercurrent yeah of he left the fight and he went back to crime, you know, yeah. he went back to doing things that probably lead to the oppression of people. I mean, in at least very definitely the deaths. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, that's that's just very dark for me. And it must mm-hmm. be something, it must have had a, a profound effect on him for him to go back there. And I think that losing hope could be a really, a really interesting uh, explanation for that. Mm-hmm. And part of me wonders, too, if... There is something to when people have a crisis in their life, like a significant real crisis, something like your your kid turns to the dark side, yeah. your best friend slash brother-in-law just leaves. If, if there's something where you find comfort in going back to going back to something that you're comfortable with, going back to something that you're used to. And whereas Leia grew up with the rebellion, mm. the Organas, like, they they were already in it yeah. from the beginning. Whereas Han came into it so, so much later. And um, so begrudgingly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and you you did think, okay, he he does end up caring and wanting to do this. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it was like, well, how much is it just because of Leia that he decided to stay and and all of that? So Absolutely. Yeah. Good question. Thanks. <laughs> I, I actually I think that and I think I find it interesting that we both had questions for the new trilogy because mm-hmm. I think that they're doing a, an interesting job of exploring hope and exploring these kind of themes that were really prevalent in the original trilogy in these new movies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so our next segment is where we discuss kind of mixed missed opportunities, right? Where areas where we're more critical of the series and places where we think that they could have done more or where what they did was a misstep in regards to this theme. And so mm-hmm. did you have one of a missed opportunity or, or a misstep that you saw? Yeah, I I did. Well, I kind of had two, but we'll, we'll go with one. <laughs> one I, I can criticize on so many levels. We're going to go back to the prequels, Ooh. which is which is a, always a scary place to be. Yeah, we only touched on them pretty briefly so far. <laughs> but when P- 
Padme dies. Mm. And they give the most ridiculous explanation I have ever heard in my life. Which is like, she just lost the will to live. Like, she's perfectly healthy. She just lost the will to live. And it, it just, yeah, it seems like a cop-out. Mm-hmm. Like, But then when you when you look at it in terms of hope, what that means, like, it's saying that she lost all hope in anything because of this one man Mm -hmm. who was in her life which obviously for feminism is terrible Mm -hmm. it's just atrocious but also is just so out of character for her because she's a senator and oh she went to senator after she was a queen like yeah and she's she's always had so much fight in her since the the first you know episode one that it just seemed completely misplaced mm-hmm. and completely out of character because she she doesn't seem like a character that would just lose hope you're absolutely right i think that that is definitely a misstep in general in that and i and i don't know i probably would still dislike her dying so casually mm-hmm. even if they changed it to she lost hope but mm-hmm. I think it would be so much more resonant with the series as a whole. Yeah. That, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That would be much, much more powerful. Even what? if, like, the, the, the kind of, like, intellectually I'd still be like, but mm-hmm. why? Like, that's not yeah. her. But but if she lost hope, not just because of her husband, but because, like, to see the entire political mm. crumbling and everything that she had worked so hard for be completely taken over by a Sith Lord. I could see the combination of those two things yeah, I think being more compelling, but still out of character. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think the only thing that would have needed to change for me, mm-hmm. and which I, th- I if they if they added one more thing, then I actually would have been totally fine with that plot out, plot uh, narrative. But if they had made have her have a objective in that movie, yeah, that she fails at. Mm-hmm. And she feels that because of Palpatine or, or Anakin, like, you mm-hmm. know, where she is trying to do something and she cannot get that done. And so she experiences failure and then she mm-hmm. sees the Senate end and then she, because she's a spectator for this movie, mm-hmm. you know? Or she does accomplish it and it makes something worse. Ooh. Right? Yes. Oh, yes. That, that would um, be really bad. That would, that yeah. would. So Good. that that would be, mm-hmm. I think, really powerful. Like, and yeah. then, so she loses hope because- She's just had children. Like, mm-hmm. that should be a time. Like, Obi-Wan has so much hope for those children, yeah. you know? But she has none. And But like, also, it could be a really scary time because you're like, I just brought these children into this yeah. terrible world that is coming to ruin. Yeah, absolutely. And people will probably be after them and people, you know. She, I mean, she was a smart woman. Besides, That's true. And you know, I, I just, Anakin. I just wish that they that. shown that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a, a perfect example of a missed opportunity where like they could have done just a few more things, add five more minutes into the runtime, but mm-hmm. really give her an arc that actually makes sense and actually is yeah. powerful. Uh, and I think that make the whole movie better. Make yeah. The whole trilogy is better. Yep. Well done. Well done. Uh, <laughs> surprisingly enough, my missed opportunity is also from the prequels. What? It's, I mean, these must be the only two opportunities that were missed in the prequels. It must be. really is. <laughs> um, yeah. So for me, 
I was thinking about the prequels when it comes to hope and there's so little to be found there. Mm. And I think that they, they could have done and should have done so much more with the Jedi Mm -hmm. because I think that one of the problems that I, I have a number of problems with the Jedi order from the prequels, but one of them is, is that kind of complacency is that kind of like privilege where they are not, they don't have an objective other than maintaining order, you know, Mm -hmm. like they are people who are, keeping the peace but they are not striving for anything Mm -hmm. they don't have any hope and so even when anakin comes in and is you know qui-gon is like he is the promised one he's gonna Mm -hmm. you know bring balance to the galaxy and i see it in qui-gon but the rest of the order even those who seem to believe that he's the promised one don't seem to actually care and i think that's in part because they have no objective they have no need to bring balance to the galaxy as far mm-hmm. as they they know the galaxy's balanced at least the way they're acting mm-hmm. you know and so there's no need to actually do anything mm-hmm. and i feel like that for me helps make it so that in the same way that that for padme having an objective that fails Mm -hmm. Um, or that, that has negative repercussions. Like it makes her path so much stronger. I feel like the, the Jedi as a whole have no objective and that makes their story and their, um, it it makes it seem like they are much more setting and much less characters, you know? Mm -hmm. And that, that I think is a mixed up, missed opportunity, especially when it comes to a series where hope is a theme. Mm -hmm. It's such a powerful theme in the original series Mm -hmm. that they, they completely don't even touch it all in the prequels yeah and that's actually i was ta- uh, i wrote down that i wanted to that was like my second one mm-hmm. was yeah the jedi and this idea of a promised one mm-hmm. it just seemed like this very vague blind hope that wasn't even strong of just like maybe this will make things kind of better in some way like maybe things will be like a little more balanced Mm -hmm. but but that was that was it there wasn't there wasn't a really strong sense of hope i mean i think qui-gon had that but i don't see it in the order in general and then you add elements in like oh he has a super high midichlorian count and then you're really getting into the area of like, oh, well, this is just like, oh, here's this scientific thing yeah. that proves something. And it really takes hope out of the out of the the situation entirely. Absolutely. It makes it much less fantastic. And, yeah. And, and not something like we don't know. Yeah. We we may never know, but we'll hope in this anyway. Yeah, absolutely. As you're talking about QuiCon, I, I think I realized that one of the reasons I think Qui-Con has hope is that he's portrayed as someone who rebels a bit against the Jedi Order, mm-hmm. you know? Like, he is not content with the way the Jedi are running things. He has his own ideas. Yeah. And even he doesn't, like, really, you know, powerfully have agency in moving forward those ideas necessarily. Yeah. But at the same time, see the fact that we see hope in the one character who's not complacent i think is is very telling of the missed opportunity there of the jedi can't have hope because they're content and they are they are not only content but they are actively maintaining the status quo Mm -hmm. which is the opposite of hoping for something better Mm -hmm. um but i wonder if that if that goes back to the whole idea of 
of the Jedi, which is letting go of desire. Mm. That's true. And passion. It's a really good point. Yeah. Good job. We're good at this. <laughs> <laughs> I may be congratulating us too much, or I may be complimenting us too much <laughs> I mean, for our first podcast. You're mostly complimenting me, and well, I, I feel you like are that's better. fair. So, yeah, that's But, okay. uh, yeah, I just I think these are really interesting discussions, and I'm yeah. glad we're doing these on microphone for the internet to hear us. <laughs> okay, so our last segment here is lessons learned, takeaways uh, from this discussion, and 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 kind of mm-hmm. what we what we got out of this and this um, this recording. Um, for me, first off, one of my takeaways is like talking about especially talking about the new trilogy and the prequel trilogy and Mm -hmm. like i i have more hope for the new trilogy and how they're dealing with these themes Mm -hmm. i i've liked the both movies quite a bit but um i also while seeing the problems that they have you know Mm -hmm. they're in no way perfect movies um in vastly different ways but i after this conversation, I'm much more confident and hopeful that there's something going on there where they're actually taking these ideas and themes seriously in a ways that the prequels didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think just storytelling-wise, it's, it's done... It's done with more... It seems to be done with more intention. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think there's just something about it that you're you're going into uncharted territory mm-hmm. whereas before the prequels were leading up to a very specific point mm. and the story of the prequels really isn't anything about hope yeah. it's about the fall of a character and how that leads to you know this war mm-hmm. and and so Though I think that there really should have been hope at different parts of it within the characters and with within what the characters were trying to do and wanted to do, I think the overall tone of the films shouldn't have that strong sense of hope. Like, that's appropriate that it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this new one, um, this new series does but i think i think it still has much less than the original trilogy Mm -hmm. um although i don't know because i feel like episode eight was about the rekindling of hope it was about moving hope mm -hmm. from hope that the legends of the past will come back and save us Mm -hmm. to hope in the next generation for me, I thought that was one of the, mm-hmm. the strong messages of episode eight. Well, I agree. I agree. But I think the, the original trilogy had more of a sense of hope mm. because you didn't know that there was going to be anything after. It's true. So you just have the the what you think marks the end of the empire. Mm-hmm. And then you, you come into this the, the new uh, sequel movies and you're like, oh, okay. That didn't all go well. <laughs> and seeing a, a resurge of, of a, a very similar um, oppressive regime, mm-hmm. I think, I think brings that hope down, but, but in a very realistic way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right. Any other takeaways or, or last impressions? Um, no, 
I think I think my main takeaway would be that I just find it so interesting that you can find hope in very small or big places that without kind of sitting down and thinking through it, mm-hmm. you just never would have noticed. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it In the way that these conversations always tend to do for me, which is one of the reasons I love these kind of conversations, but it rekindles my fascination and passion about Star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. like Star Wars, especially the original trilogy. I've watched so many times that it's kind of rote mm-hmm. and it's easy to not examine it thoroughly and not really take the time to examine those questions because I know it. I feel like I know everything, you mm-hmm. know, but yeah. having these kind of conversations really does make me realize like, oh no, like they're really powerful moments and actions and and motivations that these characters have mm-hmm. uh, whether they be implicit or explicit but they're they're there and they're easy to see and and that absolutely helps to enhance my uh, experience of watching it and thinking about the the, the trilogy so mm-hmm. um yeah I'm, I'm really glad we're doing this yeah me too okay well i think we're gonna we're gonna end there on our discussion of hope in star wars so, so for next time... Yeah, for next time, we'll be discussing ignorance in Harry Potter. Yeah. So that should be a really a really interesting and really, really good one. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We'd really appreciate any feedback that you have, especially if it comes with a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. You can also go to our website, bit.ly slash geekbetweenthelines. Or go to our Patreon site at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines. We also want to thank Kimberly Taylor Pestel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Instagram. So we don't have a sign-off yet. Oh, yeah. But uh, until next time. That'll be coming soon. (laughs) Geek out? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.